0: Welcome to Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Fivoli, Actuary Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. Earlier this year, the CIA presented its inaugural Lifetime Volunteer Awards, recognizing members for their longstanding contributions to the profession. One of the recipients was Brian Brunel, and in this episode, we're joined by his son Paul, who is also a CIA member and sits on our board of directors. Paul, thanks very much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Chris.
0: I was hoping we could take time today and maybe talk about uh, your dad's career as an actuary. And I think he was an inaugural member of the CIA back in 1965. What can you tell us about his career? How he got started and some of the things that he did?
1: Sure, my dad is actually born in the UK and grew up there. So he he actually I remember just as an aside, he used to tell me stories. He lived around London during World War II, so you should tell me stories about the uh, living through the the Blitz in World War II. But I sidetracked myself already there. So he started his actuarial exam, and his actuarial career in the UK. He worked for a reinsurance company, Mercantile and General. And in 1959, he transferred from the, the London, UK office of Mercantile and General to Toronto. And he actually finished up his actuarial exams in Toronto. It was his fellowship in the Institute of Actuaries. And then he moved from Toronto to Halifax in 1962 and became chief actuary for Maritime Life. And then from there, he moved into consulting. And so he, uh, I think unlike people these days, he worked in reinsurance, insurance, pension, actuarial evidence, so a little bit all over the place.
0: Yeah, that's great. Quite the quite the varied career. Let, let's talk about some of the stuff he did in the actuarial evidence field, because I understand he did some really interesting work in terms of applying actuarial techniques to uh, damage awards and personal injury cases. Can you tell us a little bit more about what he did there?
1: Sure. And he was interested in that, I think, his whole career. And uh, again, the actuarial profession was different then. So he, I, I know at one time he was working pension, actuarial evidence, as well as insurance consulting all at the same time. And with uh, CPD rules now, I'm not sure that he could have done that now. But I think for a lot of his career, actuarial evidence was was sort of something he did on the side. But when he retired from pensions, he then went back and he did he basically a, a sole practitioner and, and he did actuarial evidence and he worked in that exclusively for many years. And my understanding is he wrote a paper, one paper that I know he's, he's fairly well known for is a paper on the criminal rate of interest. And I, I know he did, he did basically all aspects of actual evidence, uh, marriage breakdown, you know, loss of income, criminal interest, um, all that kind of stuff. And I, I believe he sat on the practice committee for actual evidence for many, many years as well.
0: Yeah, it's great. And I also know that we spoke to him when we did our 50th anniversary book for the CIA. So uh, if anybody hasn't read the book, I encourage them to do that. And you'll see some of his recollections in there as well. So when you were growing up in a household with uh, your father as an actuary, obviously it had some sort of influence on you. Uh, At what point did you decide this was a career that you would like to pursue? and, And how much influence did your father have on that?
1: I think I certainly had the benefit of knowing what an actuary was uh, at a younger age, which I think, you know, certainly a lot of people going into university, it's, it's I think it's fairly common to not even know what an actuary is. So I had that advantage. But I went into university just uh, in a general science degree. And after the first year, I kind of excelled in math more so than the other subjects I take in physics and chemistry. So based on that, I decided that I was going to do my major in math. And once you're sort of committed to the math track, there's, you know, sort of limited fields you can work in. I actually, after university, interestingly enough, I had passed the first few actuarial exams while I was in university. But there was I, I graduated at a time where there wasn't a whole lot of demand for, for actuaries. So my first full-time job after university was actually working for StatsCan. And I was actually fortunate enough, even while well working for StatsCan, to write a few more actuarial exams uh, and pass them. And then eventually, um, I did find an actuarial job and, and, and moved into that at that point. So, so as I say, I think the main benefit I had, I, I, I certainly didn't grow up. Knowing my father was an actuary and therefore aspiring at a young age to be an actuary, but I, I certainly had the benefit of knowing what an actuary was and, and knowing that it was a, a good job. So.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, that would have been helpful. Now, did you grew up in Halifax? Is that correct, or in that That's area? Right. Okay, yes. so so yeah, I guess there are some actuaries out there, but. I imagine back in those days they would be pretty few and far between. So you know the odds of of knowing somebody that would, and under other circumstances, tell you about the profession, you know, might have been a pretty remote possibility. I would guess.
1: Absolutely, yeah, no, it's it's a relatively small actual community in Halifax, and, and even more so when uh, maritime life was. Well, I guess it was Hancock was bought out by Manulife in, in mm-hmm. the early 2000s, and they moved their actuarial operations um, away from Halifax. Before then, uh, the head office of Maritime Life was in Halifax, and there were a lot of actuaries uh, located here. And now it's just, I think it's primarily the large uh, consulting firms that are, pension consulting firms are located in Halifax.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and maybe tell us a bit about the work you're doing now. Yeah, I work for...
1: I always like to call us the fourth biggest pension consulting firm in Halifax. And just for the record, there are four pension consulting firms in Halifax. I'm the majority shareholder in the firm and and we're a small firm. There's only two active fellows working for our firm. We do mostly pension consulting and and particularly we concentrate on the the multi-employer pension plans, which I always like to say they they were target benefit plans before target benefit plans were a thing. So that's our core business right now is uh, multi-employer plans.
0: All right. Let's wrap up with with one other question. You were just appointed to the CIA board. Uh, I think the uh, were you at the the meeting last week. That would have been your first meeting, I assume.
1: That was my first
0: in person meeting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe just tell us about your reflections on that, and uh, what you'd like to see CIA board and leadership do during your tenure going forward.
1: That's that's a great question. I find at this point there's so much to learn when you become a member of the CIA board. I I, I know the first couple of meetings I was on, which were which were virtual. It was. Um, I spent most of my time trying to figure out what the acronym that was said five minutes ago meant, as opposed to actually following the conversations. As I say, there's a there's a, a big learning curve. But as I'm getting more into it or getting more used to things, it, it's really very interesting to know everything that goes around and it goes on in the profession, and to get to know the staff who who have all been wonderful that I've I've dealt with so far. So I'm not sure that I I have goals myself at this point. I think I'm still learning, but uh, I think if you ask me that question again in in, in a few more months, I might be better equipped to answer it.
0: Well, listen, thanks very much for your contribution to the profession and your dad as well, because he he did a lot over his career and uh, we're certainly grateful. And, And thank you for coming on the podcast today.
1: That's great. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it.
0: We now have over 100 episodes in our podcast series coming back over the past three years, so we encourage you all to subscribe, and you can do so through whatever platform you use to get your podcasts, and we'd like to hear from you, so if you have any suggestions or ideas for episodes, you can pass them along to podcasts at cia-ica.ca. As well, we're also looking for content for our Seeing Beyond Risk blog, so if you have some ideas or articles you would like to share, you can contact us at seeingbeyondrisk at cia-ica.ca. Until next time, I'm Chris Fivoli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.